On today's show, Goran Dragic heading to Milwaukee. Certainly reports suggest so that this deal could be done very soon. And this is a move that we have discussed for a number of years. What would Dragic mean for the Bucks rotation? And perhaps in particular, what does it mean for Javon Carter? Also, I've got some stats and numbers inside the Bucks offense for the 16-game winning streak. And it might surprise you some of the numbers I have to share. And also, Giannis why is the media not want anyone to have fun? I need to get some things off my chest. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Indeed, Locked on Bucks. My name's Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And as always, we are very thankful for everyone making Locked on Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day, whether it is on YouTube or whether it is via the old school audio platform. Uh, I'm here to tell you more and more people are jumping on board Locked on Bucks and we absolutely appreciate it because you guys and girls are telling us what you want us to talk about on the show, especially by jumping in on the YouTube comments and letting your thoughts be known. I appreciate it. I'm interacting with everyone over there and the subscriptions are going up. We're at the up to 5.76K on YouTube. We want to get way beyond 6K. Uh, so if you haven't subscribed yet, it's free to do so. It would absolutely be appreciated by everyone here at Locked On Bucks. I am writing solo here today, though, which is totally fine because we have got an absolutely loaded slate to get through. Now, quickly, I said this the other day. I did not do a podcast earlier this week. There's going to be a makeup podcast over the weekend post-game for Bucks and Sixers. We cannot wait for that game. The Philadelphia 76ers went down tonight to the Dallas Mavericks. Thank you very much, Jason Kidd. The Sixers now five games behind the Bucks of obviously Milwaukee at the top of the East right now, half a game ahead of the Boston Celtics as well. But anytime the Sixers and Celtics lose right now, it's good news for the Bucks, and we hope the winning streak will continue. So we'll be back post-game against the Sixers, that game on Saturday night. So make sure you subscribe, turn notifications on, and you'll know exactly when the show drops. We have got plenty to get through today. As I said, quick few notes to start. Mike Budenholzer, coach of the month, and look, we've discussed this before. It takes a lot for Bud to get some respect and some credit around this league. Sometimes also from the home fans, I will say. But all the Bucks had to do was go 10-0 and in the month of February for Bud to get that Coach of the Month honor there. He's not really high up the list of uh, candidates for Coach of the Year. It doesn't appear so. But, you know, the Bucks have 20 games left on the season. They're 45-17 and 17 right now. You know, you finish 15-5, and five, that's a 60-win season again for the Bucs. Now, I, I don't necessarily think they'll get to 60 wins, but let us know in the YouTube comments if Mike Budenholzer should be considered for Coach of the Year and what you think the Bucks' final record will be. Another quick note here, Myers Leonard, uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski over at ESPN, is going to sign a second 10-day contract. I don't think that this is a big surprise, and we're going to get into the roster stuff with Goran Dragic in just a second here, but... 
you know, a second 10 day, we might be, I don't know if there's any better options out there for having that sort of backup big body. I don't think Myers Leonard necessarily is going to play at all in the postseason unless you get into some disastrous foul trouble, but he's played a couple minutes here or there, hit a couple of threes. Wouldn't be the worst guy to keep on the roster moving through the postseason if you want someone that's played in the postseason before, can space the floor and at least move a little bit. You know, he's not a, not a great defender, but I, I kind of now expect that maybe Myers Leonard will be with the team throughout the postseason run. Let us know what you think. But Goran Dragic is the big news. And this one kind of caught me by surprise a little bit just because we have discussed Goran Dragic a lot on this podcast. We thought the Bucks were in the mix last year. The year before, it was floating around. Where's he going to do? What's he going to do? He ended up going to Toronto. Last year, everything suggested the Bucks were heavily involved and heavily interested. He ended up going to Brooklyn, which is fascinating. And I want to give a shout out to our great friend, Mitchell Maurer, who tweeted out that uh, something that didn't quite click to me straight away, that the Brooklyn Nets obviously cut or waived Javon Carter. The Bucks were able to pick up Javon Carter, and they did that to sign Goran Dragic for the stretch run in the postseason. So an interesting bit of symmetry there, and now these two potentially about to battle for some minutes. But we'll get to that in just a second. So Goran Dragic, just a bit of a snapshot here. He's 36 years old. So he's old. <laughs> he's played 51 games this year, which surprised me a little bit. I can't say I've been watching a lot of, a lot of the Chicago Bulls, but he's played... 15 minutes per game. He's knocked down around 35% of his threes. We know that he's always been someone who can shoot, always been someone that is pretty crafty with a ball in hand, can operate in the pick and roll. And if you even just go back a couple of seasons ago, he was a guy that was really, really problematic for the Bucs. A lot of the times because the Bucs were playing that you know, drop coverage and not really mixing, mixing it up too much because this is going back to the bubble. And Dragic definitely gave the Bucs some problems there. If you go back to last year's postseason, Goran Dragic put up 11 points in 20 minutes per game, only four games against the Boston Celtics, but he's uh, knocked down 56% of his shots. So he was actually a decent contributor for the Nets last postseason. Now, let's be honest, you're not getting Goran Dragic to be a major contributor on this team. I just don't see any way that happens. And I don't really think based on the evidence we've seen that he is that guy anymore. And I don't think that's going to be the case. But he is 6'3", so he's got a couple of inches on Javon Carter, and we love what Javon Carter has done for this team. But I'm open to the idea that, again, if you get to the postseason and there is a particular matchup where Goran Dragic, if he's holding up, mostly defensively, I'm open to the idea that that he gets some minutes. And, yeah, it, it might cut into some minutes for Javon Carter. Now, I, I think Carter has earned the minutes that he's got. Right now, he is shooting the ball very well on the season. He's at 41%. But this is what I've been banging on about for the last couple of weeks here with all the players that might be in and out of the rotation. Joe Ingles in that mix now that you've added Jay Crowder. You want to get Chris Middleton back into the starting lineup. And I did see something on Twitter that apparently Zach Lowe said their expectation is that Chris Middleton will be in the starting lineup soon-ish. I don't know what that means. He didn't play the back-to-back this week. But you'll get Chris back into the starting lineup. That means Pat Connaughton goes to the bench. Does Grayson Allen play in every series in the postseason? Maybe not. But the Bucs are legitimately getting to the point now where they might just have 12 to 13 guys that you're like, okay, yeah, if there's a series where there are spot minutes, it might make sense. You can put them out there. I was a little concerned that the Bucs were going to go into the postseason without 
another ball handler because I know we've floated the idea and the possibility that you could bring AJ Green to the main roster, maybe the best shooter, certainly catch and shoot guy that the Bucks have. That is another fallback of this. I assume because the report suggests that Goran Dragic had spoken to a number of contenders. I'm going to go ahead and cons- and assume that this is no 10-day scenario. They're going to lock in Goran Dragic for the rest of the season. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they could cut him later on, but they're going to lock him in with the intention of keeping him through the postseason, which if they do decide to keep Myers Leonard, means that AJ Green is not going to be eligible for the postseason. I'm sure there will be people out there that will say that they would prefer AJ Green on the playoff roster ahead of Goran Dragic. But I'm intrigued by Dragic. Let's at least have a look. Again, I'm not talking about anything more than 10 to 12 minutes in the postseason at the most. So we are not talking about a huge difference maker here, but a little bit more size and just a straight up pest. You think about this Bucks roster now, they've added two guys that they've gone to battle with in the postseason very recently. If you're a Bucks fan and you remember that bubble series against Miami, you really built up a, a bit of a dislike for Jay Crowder and Goran Dragic for some of the antics that were going on in that series. But they are also, I think, the classic bring them in and you love them. And I think in the postseason, those are the types of guys that you love, guys that will be a pain in the ass, guys that will be right on that line that of the physicality stuff and getting in the face of opponents. Dragic is a pest. Crowder's a pest. Joe Ingles is absolutely a pest. Bobby Portis, we know, is happy to mix it up. So the Bucks now have got a, a group of guys that are tough. They're physical. They've been there in the postseason. They know what it's about. And I think overall, again, I, we'll see. But I like the mix. And I like the type of guys that the Bucks have brought in here. They're all grizzled old veterans that are here for one thing. And it is to win the title. I will say that. I always have a curiosity when you bring in a guy like Dragic who has had conversations with other contenders. Like, what is the conversation that has been had between John Horst, Mike Budenholzer, and Goran Dragic's camp? Like, is there some kind of promise here? Is there some expectation from Dragic that he is going to play? And is he going to be upset if he doesn't play? It's always just interesting. So we'll see when we get, you know, our first time to listen to Goran Dragic and see what he has to say. But the Bucks needed another ball handler. I'm not seeing anyone else out there that's getting me really excited. So I think for a guy that, you know, wasn't working out in Chicago, he wasn't going to win. Bring him in here and you at least have another option. I think Carter should be and deserves to be in front in the pecking order. Do not get me wrong. But I like, again, that you just have a bunch of guys that know what it takes in the postseason and have been there. And I, I think it's a it's another nice addition that isn't going to really move the needle in a big way, but just gives you some protection and gives you some depth there. So let me know what you think about Goran Dragic, if it matters at all. Do you think he's any chance to play ahead of Javon Carter? Are you upset about AJ Green? Get into all those conversations with me on the YouTube stream as you are listening to this show. And we have to get to some of these offensive numbers now when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks. But first, we're going to talk about our friends over at Nissan, and we're going to get to the Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week, which is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And I'm telling you, the Most Electric Player of the Week is Giannis, because you think back a week ago, we're like, uh, is the wrist okay? Is the knee okay? How many injuries has this man got? 
and he came back, dunked all over the nets, and then he put up another excellent performance against the Orlando Magic. He's knocking down those threes. You absolutely love to see it. And you also love to see the Nissan All-Electric 2023 Aria. Giannis is brilliantly fierce and fiercely elegant, stunningly powerful, elegantly powerful. And uh, much like the Nissan Aria, he delivers on duality. Giannis gets it done on both sides of the floor. And the Nissan Aria is beautiful but strong. It packs pin to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. It's the EV for people who love to drive. And it is the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right, before we get into these offensive numbers, we know the Bucs have won 16 straight games and there is some intriguing stuff here and I, I just want to bring it to your attention because when these things come across my desk, I love it. I am a stat nerd and I'm going to get into it in just a second. But I had a question on the YouTube uh, comments yesterday. Now, I may have this name wrong, so I'll, I will apologize if this name is wrong, but it is a name stuck in my head that I saw something on YouTube. And I think it is Ben Smith who may have asked this question. And again, if I've got it wrong, call me out. And he said, is this the most confident you've been about the Bucs winning a championship you know, in the Giannis era? And I had to think about this. And I'm really, really confident about this team. Now, there are so many variables and things that can go wrong. You only have to look back to last year's postseason to see that shit happens, you know. And you cross your fingers and hope that it doesn't. But that is the most difficult thing about winning the title. You need some luck along the way. But I think it is the most confident I've been about a Bucks team. I love the mix that they've got right now. I've already mentioned all the toughness, the versatility. I love that defensively. This team is just an absolute monster. So I am feeling very confident about this team because I like the fact that they want to get down. They want to get dirty. They want to grind it out in a seven-game series. So I, I am very high on this Bucks team. But I think it's a tough question to answer. Is this the most confident I've ever been? Because I think that, you know, for me personally, I am more confident now about any playoff series than I was three years ago before they won the title. Because before they won the title, as good as they were, I was always like, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Are they going to win a title? I, I can't see the Milwaukee Bucks winning the title. I couldn't wrap my head around the idea or the possibility of them climbing the mountain. Now that they've done it, now that Giannis has done what he's done, he's a finals MVP, he drops 50 in a game to clinch the title. I just personally inside have a different level of confidence about this team because they've done it. So I, I think it's a difficult question to answer, but I do want to say I absolutely love this team. All right, let's get to some of these numbers now. And this is thanks to uh, good old Matty Williams over at ESPN Stats and Info. And this is uh, this is the beauty of working over there. You get some things come across your desk. So the Bucs have won 16 straight games. We know that. Haven't lost a game since January 23. And in that stretch, they've got the best defensive efficiency as we know. They are an elite defensive team. They're holding opponents to 62.2% shooting at the rim, which is the third lowest in the league in this stretch. They've had the best pick and roll defense during this stretch, holding opponents to 0.91 points per play. And they've allowed the second lowest three-point field goal percentage behind only the Chicago Bulls, which is interesting. The Bulls have actually been really good defensively over this stretch. And you look at that and you say, okay, when I hear that you're holding teams to low three-point percentages, I just raise my eyebrows a little bit because it means, okay, maybe there's some luck involved here. And this is something that we should all take note of, and I'm about to get to the offense, but there is some luck involved with the three-point shooting. So this is per second spectrum tracking, 
Opponents have shot 3.6 percentage points worse compared to what is expected. So that is uh, the second largest difference during that stretch. So 3.6% below. Now, the Bucs have been winning some of these games by a lot. So it is hard to say what the impact would have been on the winning streak, but it is worth noting. There's been some three-point luck involved. But on the offense, this is what was fascinating to me. The Bucs are playing at the fastest pace in the league during this 16-game winning streak. They were 16th fastest before the win streak, which is fascinating to me with the Giannis-led team. You always expect that they're just going to get it and go. But this team has won games in the half-court defense. We understand that. The fascinating part about this is that the Bucs still aren't a dominant transition team this year, which again makes you raise your eyebrows. But they're playing quicker in the half-court. According to Second Spectrum, Milwaukee has an average possession length of 14.7 seconds in half-court sets. Since uh, January 23, so that is the 16-game winning streak. Average possession length of 14.7 seconds on half-court sets. That is the shortest in the NBA. Before the win streak, it was 15.9 seconds. So they've trimmed that by over a second. And 58% of their shots in the half-court are coming within the first 12 seconds of the shot clock since January 23, which is the highest percentage in the NBA. So when they get in those half-court sets... They are not messing around. Now, you think about what's a shot that the Bucs are getting off quickly. Javon Carter with those pull-up threes. Now, it's not just him. We know Chris Middleton does this a lot, so I'm sure that him being back in the lineup has been a little bit of this. But I also think the Bucs just aren't messing around. And I do think that although they don't necessarily have a true point guard, they've got a number of guys that can run the half-court offense. And we've seen lineups where if you do have... And you can mix and match the fifth guy. It can be just a straight-up shooter. I think that's probably the best option. But in lineups that... And there will be different variations. And you you, you know you can put Crowder in, all those types of things. But in lineups where you have the Drew, Chris, Giannis, Joe Ingles, you should be a pretty damn good half-court offense because all those guys can create. All those guys can get their own shot. And all those guys can facilitate and run the offense. So I do think there's as much versatility as we've ever seen with this Bucks team. So just some interesting numbers there. The Bucs are playing a lot faster in the half court during this winning streak, fastest pace in the NBA. And yes, there's some shooting luck there. So it's worth keeping in mind all these factors as the Bucs continue to ramp up. And I still think they've got a lot of improvement left in their game. One last point, and this is just a bit of a random thought that just came to my head. The idea of two for one shots on offense has always been fascinating to me. I don't necessarily always love it. I don't necessarily always see the point of it. You see these teams that just are so desperate to get to two for one that they actually just fire up a crappy shot, which is just a waste. You're almost better to just run the offense and get something decent. Now, I understand the theory, the two for one. It's very basic stuff. But what I did see the Bucks do the other day, and I loved it. I was just, I thought it was fantastic stuff. They know that they're in a two for one situation. So Chris Middleton runs the floor, gets in the post, back to the basket, the Bucs just fire him the ball in the post before the defense has a chance to get set. He doesn't even think about it. He turns around, knocks down the jumper. It's a look that he can get any time he wants. And it was just a very, very, very efficient set that the Bucs ran there in semi-transition to collect the two-for-one. So maybe that's something they can look to do a little bit more. It's not traditional. You don't see it a lot, but I loved it from Chris Middleton. And you know that he is money on that turnaround jump shot. All right, Giannis was on the Daily Show 
earlier this week. And uh, naturally, there's been some backlash. I want to talk about it next because it's really, really annoying me to be flat out honest. I tell you what doesn't annoy me, though. That's Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat or calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. We uh, Obviously, through the holidays now, we're into March, if you can believe that. So everyone that was going through those uh, dietary fitness stuff, you've probably already given it up. But not me, because I'm eating Built Bars. And it is hard to believe that they are healthy for you, but they somehow are. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, which is the beautiful part about it. So it tastes delicious. They come with unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, coconut, almonds, and there is only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping and generous 17 grams of protein. And you don't even have to go to built.com anymore. You can get them even faster than that by going to Walmart or Sam's Club. Of course, you can go to built.com. If you're a little old school or you don't have a Walmart or Sam's Club nearby, so do yourself a favor, go in and get yourself a 13-bar box with the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later for that one. So the one thing that I've learned working in the media, and I'm a few years into it now, and so you consume different pieces of content. Fans always do it. But I I do find myself looking at different pieces of content and thinking, would I go down that path? Is that the story I want to tell? How how do you do this job and be someone that you know people respect for for making interesting content? Now, there's always going to be haters. Trust me, there'll be haters of this podcast today. I can assure you of that. But the thing that you love, and this is the reason why, when I was in Milwaukee for a number of seasons, and hopefully I'm going to be back very soon, I loved Giannis. I got I did some of the funnest stuff with Giannis in terms of not always brought to the table, not always recorded, off the camera conversation, jokes silliness because he has a personality that is so unique and so rare for professional athletes and there should be absolutely nobody in this business that has any intention or idea to take anything away from that personality that is the absolute worst thing you can do when you've got someone that is as entertaining and as genuine as Giannis is it's gold and you just don't see it particularly not in 2023 but we know why you don't see it. You don't see it because if you are an athlete in the modern day that shows a little bit of personality and shows that they want to have a bit of fun and they want to crack some jokes and they want to go away from the cliches, everyone tries to break them down and everyone tries to make it a scandal and everyone tries to tell them that they shouldn't come out and have fun and have a laugh and poke fun at other people. And it's embarrassing and it's just sad because ultimately the people that are hurt by this is the people that are listening to this show and love Giannis. It's the other fans across the world. And it's also people like me that are trying to do the fun stuff and the players will just shy away from it and they won't want to do it anymore. And then you have to understand why these players don't trust the media, maybe in some cases don't like the media. It's because of stuff like we've seen after the Daily Show appearance that Giannis made. Now, I I haven't watched the full interview, but I've seen all the clips where he's doing the roast of Kevin Durant. He's doing the roast of Nikola Jokic. And everyone that is sane watches this. They laugh at it. They think it's hilarious. They see that Giannis is, is just going along and having some fun and showing some personality. But he doesn't mean it. And he apologizes for it straight away after. And that's it. It's fun. You walk away. I would hope that Kevin Durant wasn't offended. I would hope that Nikola Jokic wasn't offended. And I would also hope that they can poke fun back at Giannis. 
and make whatever jokes you want to about him. That's what it's all about. If you have the star players doing stuff like this, I think it's great for the game. I think it's great for the fans. But I, the, the problem is that as soon as I saw that Giannis was doing these jokes in my head, I was like, oh my goodness. This is going to be a shitstorm tomorrow when all these talk shows understand that, hey, I tell you what isn't cool and I tell you what doesn't get people talking on social media and doesn't get all these clicks is if we say, hey, Giannis is a funny, nice guy. No, so we have to say that he's disrespectful and he's rude and he should get down on his knees and and bow to, to Kevin Durant and all these guys. No, it's garbage. It's rubbish. And all those television programs that went through that i I think it's a shame and they're going to continue to do it so we understand that i'm I'm not overly mad by that i'm just sad because if there's any percentage chance that Giannis would see that type of stuff and think i'm not going to do that anymore then we're all worse for it and i just think that that is such a shame because uh, i i think that we should be wanting to to build the athletes up show them that it's okay to have a personality, show them that they don't have to just talk in cliches and they can create really cool stuff. And this is the reason why the players are going off and doing their own podcast now and doing their own stuff because they can control what they say and they aren't going to get manipulated and used and clipped up and all those types of things like we've seen over the last few days. So I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't share any of the stuff. I didn't put any outrage stuff on, on Twitter or social media. This is more of a, a broad conversation. Giannis is special, and hopefully we see a hell of a lot more of this from him. And he doesn't shy away from doing fun things like that because you learn a lot about the guy. He's very funny. He's very engaging. And the last thing we want to do is is knock that out of Giannis because it's what makes him great and what makes him so lovable. And that's why everyone in Milwaukee uh, thinks that Giannis is an absolute superstar on and off the court. All right, the Bucks and the Sixers coming up on Saturday night. I cannot wait for this game. And while you wait for this game, you should check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed. Uh, You can get recaps from right across the NBA and the insight, analysis, stats, info, everything from the local experts across the Locked On podcast network. That's the Locked On Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed. This has been Locked On Bucks, though, and you should subscribe. Drop a like. Drop a comment. Thanks to everyone who said happy birthday to my mum yesterday. We had a great night. I was a bit slow moving this morning, but look at me now. I have bounced back in fantastic form. And let me know what you thought about today's show. Goran Dragic to the Bucks. What does it mean for Javon Carter, AJ Green? The last stuff about Giannis. How did you feel about the commentary after he went on the Daily Show? And the offense. Do you like the way the Bucks' offense is trending? Let me know all those things and everything else in between. And I'll be in touch with you guys on the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe, like, share, all those types of things. We appreciate it. We'll see you after the game against the Sixers.